Hi, it's Laura Giles, your host of Modern Animism Radio. Thank you all for being here for our last show of 2020. We're wrapping up the year with a podcast on how to do sovereignty and connection. So what I mean is I'm going to give you a strategy that's going to help you do that in your day-to-day life. Cool, right? Okay. Um, But first, let's give gratitude to the elements and ancestors. Acknowledge and thank the lovely earth for all things tangible, our home, our bodies, our foundation, stability, persistence, beauty, and all those earthy qualities that keep us grounded and make our lives pleasurable. I acknowledge and thank the air for the ability to think and communicate those thoughts to other humans, creatures, and the spirit realm. Uh, We ask that you bring us clarity and enhance our curiosity so that we can continue to grow from this podcast and by connecting with each other. Acknowledge and thank fire for warmth, life, purification, passion, desire, and the drive to get up and go and create things in the world. I ask that you keep the fire of peace and love burning in our hearts. Acknowledge and thank water for giving us intuition, emotions, our spiritual natures, and our psychic powers. I ask that you help us move into our deep places today to illuminate what we're not seeing, what we're holding on to that it's time to let go of, and lend us your purification powers to transform ourselves with this strategy that I'm going to share today. I acknowledge and thank the ancestors from the plant, animal, mineral, and human realms. Thank you for being here and supporting us in ways that are seen and unseen. Thanks again to you, our listeners. We're at the end of the year when we really need to do some type of fundraiser, so we have some money for next year. But we've been so busy with so many other things. Um, it's not that we're really slacking because we're working on tons of things. Um, it's that we're volunteers with a teeny tiny staff. So if you want to help us out with a donation, you can contribute to our mission at buymeacoffee forward slash hand society. So that's www. So that's a, that's a website. Um, sorry I got the sniffles today. I'm going to try and get through this, hopefully, with you understanding me and not too many sniffles. Um, Okay, so what is the strategy that I'm talking about that can help you with understanding and implementing sovereignty and connection in your day-to-day life, Uh, which is the pan-society pathway to animism, right? So first, let's go over what sovereignty is for those who are just tuning in and maybe you're new to it, you're just like, what the heck is sovereignty? So when you think of a sovereign, you think of a ruler, right? The Queen of England is the sovereign. It also means uh, to have ultimate authority. So you're the ruler of yourself, probably your household, your children, and any possessions and animals within your domain. And everyone else has the same rights and responsibilities for themselves and the things that they control in their domain. This works best when we all observe healthy boundaries so we don't stray into someone else's territory. Um, That would be kind of like... uh, uh, grasping for power, <laughs> and, you know, dominating somebody else's borders and taking over. If you think of it in countries, I think it's easier to see, like, what boundaries mean and what your territory means, what's yours, what's theirs. Um, so I'm sovereign and you're sovereign. But if that's all there was to it, it'd be a really lonely world. And the animus world isn't like that. We're all connected by this big web. Some things are closer to us and more like us, like humans. Other things are further away and less like us, like um the mineral kingdom, but we're all one big family, and this is why I say thanks to the plants, animal, and mineral ancestors. They're all a part of our family. We all come from the same stuff, the same substance, the same creator or creative force, and to be whole, we need to connect to all that is. 
And there's a rule. It comes from Dr. Willard Harley, who's a behavioral psychologist who helps couples. It's called the policy of joint agreement, and it's really simple. When something comes up that impacts more than one being, and by being I mean a person, plant, animal, mineral, spirit, whatever, um, one of your ancestors, uh, you negotiate a solution that you both enthusiastically agree upon. So it's about consent and cooperation and and um, honoring boundaries. And normally, when we think about making choices, we either do what we want or and don't think about the other creature, or we compromise. Now, compromise isn't a great solution because it's usually a lose-lose. I give up something that I want, you give up something that you want, and we agree on something that neither one of us really wants. Instead, this is a pact to keep negotiating until you come up with something that both sides love. If I love it and you love it, we have a greater chance of everybody holding up their end, right? Simple. Hmm? Now, you might think this is impossible with difficult people. And I've been a mediator for a long time and can usually get both sides to agree in an hour or less because I listen. And if you can get to the core of what somebody cares about and get creative on how to resolve that issue, you can resolve any conflict. I'm not saying it's easy. Uh, You may need to get some listening skills, uh, figure out what it is you want. But talking is a great way to find clarity. So the first thing you're going to do is define the problem. If you don't know what the problem is, then you could be on totally different pages and and you're going to not connect. Um, So you both have to be on the same page first. And then once you're sure that that's the case, then you can start brainstorming. And you throw out ridiculous ideas, throw out funny ideas, and not really for the purpose of finding a solution, but to find a path to the solution. So these these crazy ideas could lead to solutions. If it were easy, then you'd already have a solution. So you might need to get creative because sometimes we get stuck in a rut and we only see things one way. So being creative can break that spell. It's like getting out of the... um, the uh, everyday mind. That's not really what I want to call it, but that that seems to always getting out of that pattern. That's what the brainstorming creativity is for. And if things get heated, you take a break. But don't forget to come back to it. You both want something, so there's incentive to keep working at it. And some people like to talk a lot. If you're negotiating with one of them, your job is to listen to it all. Just let them talk as long as they need to talk. Listen for the key points to find what's important. It can get hard to listen to all that. You know, you get lost in all the details, but listen for the key points. They may need to ramble to find it themselves. Just be patient. And if you need to wander around, find out what you think. Give yourself that space. It's not always quick or easy. Um, I, I don't, I don't, can't really describe my thinking process, but really I, what I need to do is sleep. So not talk, not think. And then when I wake up, I just it's kind of like clear. It's like my brain doesn't want to sleep. Um, I think I'm a kinesthetic thinker. I think with my body, and my body just figures it out and then passes the information to my brain. Um, so you need to figure out your way of doing it. It's not always quick or easy, but it's worth it to find the solution that works for everyone. And this can work for groups of people as well, like if you're trying to figure out the best uh, use of community land, let's say. So you may not get a consensus among 100 or 1,000 people, but hopefully you can get a consensus of win, 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 win among the leaders. Now, this only works if all parties are participating in good faith. 
if one has a power advantage or is trying to manipulate the others, that's not going to work. So you have to come into this with a spirit of cooperation, a spirit of community, a spirit of creating connection. So don't put yourself in a position of being weakened by somebody who wants to abuse you. If it's not equals, then it's not going to work. So um, it's really more about attitude, but if, if, you, if you're with somebody who is anonymous, they get it, they want to have that connection, somebody cares about you, it's probably going to work okay. So, for example, most of my um, mediating cases are about custody. In many instances, the parents aren't fighting to take their kids away from the other party. They want something like more involvement with their kids, to know that their kids are safe, and to have more say in their medical life or their academic life. So maybe custody doesn't need to change to make all that happen. If you listen to what people want, coming to an agreement can be really easy. You know, it's like what would symbolize to you that the kids are safe? Um, Maybe that means that you need for them to check in with you or something once a day. Or you want them to have a cell phone. Or you want to know who their child care provider is. Or whatever it is, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be, I want custody. <laughs> so sometimes what we are asking for isn't really what we need, and that's where the listening comes in. But this doesn't even have to be about disputes. It can be a way to live together harmoniously. So, for example, if you're partnering with someone and you generally eat together at the same time, but you're going to be late, let them know. You don't have to have a conversation about it or ask permission, but the being late part might impact them. So talk to them about it. It will keep you connected. So the rule of policy of joint agreement is anything um, in my life that impacts you, you're entitled to know. And if it's something that requires a decision, then we talk about it and come to that win-win. So it's like it's like living in that space of the overlap. So if you have, it's the vesica Pisces, if you know what that symbol is. So it's two circles that are a little bit close together in the space where they overlap. That's the place where this policy comes into being. And there's lots of overlap between people and, and plants and other things. We don't live in like little isolated bubbles. We're always overlapping something. So this policy of joint agreement can help us negotiate those areas well. Like if you're driving, um, you're road raging. Are you sharing the road well? Probably not. You know, that space where um, the road overlaps, you know, I don't have to have uh, an agreement with you, but I can have my own agreement with myself about how I want to show up in that shared space. Same thing. Um, policy of nice agreement. You know, a policy of playing nice in this shared space, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's the same kind of idea. Um, so if you're thinking about uh, breaking up because of whatever reason, you know, talk about it. Your decision's going to impact the, another creature, so it's that person's business. And even if you do break up, you can do that in a conscious, considerate, connected way. Now, this won't work if one party is dangerous or abusive, kind of alluded to that already. So it's not about putting yourself at risk. Um, I'm talking about negotiating with somebody who has good human skills. By good human skills, I mean you know, who sees you as a as a worthy person and can talk to you, that kind of thing. So let's bring it to a situation with animals because I did say this is something that can be used uh, universally, right? So did you know that many animals, tribes did and still do, 
have uh, rituals before they hunt to contact the spirit of the animal that they intend to kill. It's pretty cool, huh? So they find him in the spirit uh, form before they find him in the physical world. Um, so in other words, they use the ritual to know where to hunt. Then they ask the animal to sacrifice itself for the benefit of the family or the tribe. So there's agreement on the soul level. The animal agrees. And when it's killed, there's often some type of ritual to give thanks to the animal. And there are lots of variations on this theme, but it's basically the policy of joint agreement. So if you um, come from a culture who thinks that eating meat is cruel, um, then this is the way around it. It's an agreement. So you're interacting and having a relationship with your food. And it's a respectful relationship. Everything eats something. Um, plants are alive too. I, I strongly suggest that you do the same thing with your plants that you're eating. So um, you can negotiate with plants uh, when you use them for medicines or food. And there are some cultures who believe that if you don't do this, then they withhold their magic. So if you're using them in ritual, they're not going to be very magical. If you're using them for medicine, they're not going to yield their medicine. And if they're using them for food, then they're not going to be as nutritious. And to me, that's just a way of honoring what it is that you're taking and keeping it sacred and making sure that you always stay in relationship. If I understand, that's why these... Um, uh, agriculture festivals about that it's about honoring the life that's being given up so that you can live it's it's honoring the birth and rebirth the cycle of life and so we do this with plants too if 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 your logic is that you don't eat meat because it's cruel then how do you eat plants because it's, it's taking your life too it's all the same thing life uh, yields to life death and life are partners they don't exist without each other and when you do that compassionately and consciously, then you just kind of know that that's part of it. When we forget, that's, that's the cool thing. You just forget and you just consume, consume, consume without any thoughts or without any mindfulness, without any appreciation, anything like that. So really, to me, policy of joint agreement is about actively engaging with everything. It's, it's being aware of, okay, I'm straying outside my boundaries, I'm touching someone else, and I'm going to include them in this interaction so that I'm not acting on them, I'm not consuming them, I'm participating with them. Um, another way to do this in the mineral world is with crystals. I know lots of us use crystals. And if you're um, tuning into the crystal, you can feel its energy, and you can negotiate with it to help you. And it can be whatever type of healing or experience that it is that you'd like from this crystal. And if it doesn't want to, or, or, you know, like when you're picking one out, it's kind of like, hey, do you want to go home with me? Some of them don't. Some of them don't resonate with you. Just because it's a, all rose courses don't, don't feel the same, and all rose courses aren't for you. All adventurines aren't for you. They're just really different. And so it's treating it with individuality, and it's asking it to participate in your journey. And it's being open to receiving what it has to give as well. Because that's part of it. It's not just, you know, here's what I want. It's here's what I'm willing to accept from you. If you're not willing to accept something, then that's okay. You're a sovereign being. You can do that. So, for example, this just popped into my head. Uh, my girlfriends and I were in this, uh, I don't know if it was an antique store. It was a 
interesting store. Anyway, it had lots of different things in it. Um, and we came across this really big, intense, uh, I think it was a Tibetan uh, turquoise. Um, yeah, I think it was a Tibetan turquoise. Wow, that thing had some juicy, 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 juicy energy. Um, and, you know, we passed it around and everybody could feel it. And it was like, whoa. And it was calling to one one person in particular. And I, I was really aware of its power and I really had a lot of respect for it. But it was kind of scary to me. So it was kind of like, you know, we didn't have this conscious conversation about, do you want to come home with me? But it was definitely like, I am not for you. And I got that. And um, the person that did end up buying it, it was for her. So that's kind of what I mean by negotiating with crystals or whatever it is that you want to take home with you. You know, it could be a chair. It could be anything, a car. And we do this with spirits too. Um, spirits are entities. They're beings. They're conscious. And uh, when you ask the spirits for help, if it's a one-way relationship, it's not really much of a relationship where you're just taking, 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 right? So you might negotiate with how how do you want to uh, do this relationship. A lot of times people will have an agreement to, okay, the, this first thing in the morning, that, that's our time. This is when we're going to meet. I'm going to give you this time, you're going to give me this time, and this is what we're going to do during that time. I think that works really, really well. Um, and there's all kinds of ways that you could do policy, a joint agreement, with any kind of thing. It's just you know, it did, really it's about building awareness with how you move in all of the realms. I think this is a really great way to keep it structured. I like structure. I like chaos. You need a little bit of both to make things work. Um, but having a foundation to me makes makes things move a little easier. So policy adjoining agreement makes your engagement in life more conscious. Because you have to think about what you're doing and who you're impacting. You become more aware of your boundaries, the space that you're taking up, the resources you're using, and where all this stuff comes from. Really, I think you participate more in life rather than acting on it. And you become less entitled and more engaged. Um, there's a lot of finger pointing around entitlement right now. And people, if you're not doing this really, I mean, I think you're kind of missing out. Because a lot of finger pointing that I see happening is from the people who are actually pretty entitled <laughs> so kind of the self-check um hope that's useful for you uh that's all for this week i'd love to hear your comments please consider supporting us and you can send your donations online from our website at pansociety.net i'd also um ask you to like share and subscribe to our channel that also helps us a lot and if you want to join a conversation you can find us on facebook or me we I'm Laura Giles. I'll see you next week. And thank you so much for tuning in. Ciao.